We're sure glad you joined us in this episode because we have FootballArchaeology.com's Timothy P. Brown coming to talk about some great chivalrous moments of some great sportsmen in the game, as well as some guys that weren't so good at sports. We have more from Tim coming up in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to another Tuesday. FootballArchaeology.com's Timothy P. Brown is joining us once again. Tim, welcome back to the Pigpen. Hey, Darren. Thanks for having me once again. Looking forward to Looking forward to chatting about old football stuff. Yeah, and we're going to ask you to to keep it clean tonight, but uh, I don't think we can possibly do that with the subject matter tonight because you recently wrote a tidbit and you titled it Dirty Play and a Ring of Truth. Maybe you could explain to us what, what that all means. Yeah, so, you know, it seems like I've had a, a number of uh, tidbits recently where it's like it starts in one direction and takes a turn sometimes for the worse, right? And so this is one where I started off by just telling a story of some examples of the, in the old days of players and teams acting in a chivalrous manner. So, you know, I told a story about uh, in 1953, Clemson quarterback, a guy named Don King, you know, told his team not to hit the Wake Forest quarterback in the knees because he'd sustained an injury. And so they complied and, you know, he, then he ends up winning a sport, uh, sportsmanship award. A similar thing happened back in 1925. Davis and Elkins goes to Army. They're playing Army. He's already got one of their quarterbacks hurt. First string quarterback back gets uh, dazed, you know, probably concussed in the game. He leaves the game. Second guy comes in, he sustains some kind of bodily injury, and he's out. So they have to bring this guy back in who was dazed and confused, right? So the West Point trainer just approached the Davis Elkins captain and said, Hey, can you know, can you kind of take it easy on this guy? So Davis Elkins complied and they basically took it easy on this quarterback the rest of the game. Because they you know, they need you know, Army needed the guy to be there, but he, he shouldn't have been there. Um, and just to make sure that we don't think that chivalrous things don't still happen in the games today. The other night, I just, you know, happened to see a, a you know, little clip from a high school game and, you know, wide receivers going downfield, gets injured. And then the, you know, his bad leg and, you know, one of his teammates kind of gets under his arm, you know, helps him hop along a D back from his the opposing team jumps under the other arm and helps him off the field, you know? So it's just, it's just a good kid trying to help his opponent, you know? So that's all good. Um, now there's other times in football, where, you know, <laughs> people haven't acted that way. And so, you know, back in 1926, um, 
uh, Princeton and Harvard had a game and there's just a lot of kind of stuff leading up to it. Um, Princeton had won the last two years. So Harvard wasn't pleased with that because they thought they were better than Princeton. And Princeton was mad because it used to be, uh, especially before the turn of the century, that Princeton and Yale finished the season with the game with one another. But then, it turned into a Harvard-Yale game that we all know ends the season in the Ivy League. But Princeton wanted it to, they wanted it to rotate, you know, among the three teams. Uh, and Harvard was like, nah, you know, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so, you know, Princeton was feeling like underappreciated and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, there's this kind of antagonistic relationship. And then, so they're getting ready to play. They're playing in, in uh, Cambridge. And the morning of the game, the Harvard Lampoon, the you know student newspaper or magazine, um, publishes a story about the Princeton coach dying. Now he hadn't really died, but they still published a story about him dying, which the Princeton people didn't particularly appreciate. Um, so just lots of you know kind of ill will going in the game, and so I think the Princeton players did their best to take it out on the Harvard players and like six of the Harvard players had to leave the game, you know, with injuries. And then Princeton wins 12, nothing. And, oh, you know, you know, it's just kind of this general ill feelings, but then like in uh, end of December, early January, a former Harvard player publishes a, a story in a, you know, some kind of social magazine or whatever it was, but he, he publishes a story basically saying the Princeton players, you know, played dirty, you know, they did this and that. And one piece that he used as evidence was that one of the Harvard backs uh, had um, got a, like a, a bloody nose and black eye and that the, that area of his face or nose had a P imprinted on it. And it was because, you know, you know, those signet rings where it's like a, you know, it's a ring that has like a letter on the ring, you know, they were claiming that a Princeton player wearing the letter P ring had punched this guy in the face and left this imprint uh, in his face. So, you know, apparently, you know, no one else backed this guy up. You know, none of the other people verified it. And, uh, but all the Princeton people were up in arms about it. And they were basically saying, hey, nobody around Princeton wears a P signet ring. But there was this one guy, their star player at the time, this guy named Prendergast. And he was like, hey, my last name begins with P. <laughs> so <laughs> guess where that came from? You know, and I don't think that was true, but, you know, just to, he was going to keep things stirred up. So <laughs> Prendergast was the P rather than Princeton. If anybody actually did slug this guy in the face with the P ring, it was Prendergast. So anyways... <laughs> Um, that's kind of the gist of the story, but um, Harvard, yeah, Harvard and Princeton did not play football against one another for another eight years. So they definitely uh, were not, they weren't, they weren't on, you know, nice, pleasant speaking terms. At the yeah. Time. That darn Prendergrass, he's a uh, ruined football <laughs> for that game for a couple of years. That's wow. That is well, an amazing part of, of football there. Go ahead. And the, the funny, the funny thing too, is that I, uh, recently had another you know tidbit uh talking about the 
the executioner's helmets, you know, where the they have the mask, so just a normal leather helmet, but then they'd have this mask across the front. And so one of the images in that story is Prendergast of Princeton in the 1924 season, because he had broken a nose and needed surgery in high school. And so then, you know, there were times that, where his nose get you know busted up again in college, and so he'd wear that executioner's mask. So he knew he knew all about broken noses and and <laughs> that sort of thing. Wow, that that is a great story. I thought at first you were going to tell us that uh, you know M- Mrs. Brown uh, put a, a bee on your your head when you you did didn't take out the garbage or something, but uh... no. In in, so, in my in my family, it would be the the back of the frying pan or something, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, my wife's shorter than me, so her arms aren't that long, and so you know. And plus, I'm I'm you know, you know, float like a butterfly, so I could have <laughs> I could avoid her. Uh, <laughs> well, I see. I just punches. think I just saw something flying across the room. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But that, <laughs> so, so wow, that that is a, a great story. There's you know really some opportunity for for folks in the you know the playing football when you're especially down in the piles you know everybody that's played we all know there's there's bad things that happen down there if somebody really wants to do something at uh and it's really hard for an official to see something that's happening down there you have guys popping up all the time saying hey you know he he punched me in a place he shouldn't punch and you know pinched me bite me or whatever you know you, you have all kinds yeah. of crazy things so it's nice to hear the 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 uh chivalrous episodes like you talked about even in modern times or you know players just i mean it's a brotherhood and these guys are all trying to enjoy playing the same game and there there should be some camaraderie to it and it's great yeah. when that that happens but every once in a while you get these bad apples and these scoundrels that uh, decide to take things in a different course and uh, uh they're interesting stories but not fun if you're the recipient that's for sure yeah and well part of it too is you know you just I think we have the impression of of the Ivy Leaguers being, you know, these nice nice fellows, and uh, that definitely has not always been the case. So. And they have some beautiful signature rings too. all right tim well that is uh, you know some great things that's not something you hear uh anywhere else but uh from you some of these great uh, little innovative stories that you've come across that uh, are very unique to the game of football but tell a certain history of the game and uh you know really round out our, our appreciation for what players have done and maybe not appreciate something that others have done, but uh, yeah. it's all part of the game of football. And you talk about it each and every day, and you have a great little newsletter you, you pop out to, to folks every day uh, if by many different sources. And maybe you could tell us about that and how people can join in. Yeah. Uh, all you have to do is go to footballarchaeology.com. And, you know, if you're pretty much all over the place, you read an article, you have an opportunity to subscribe. And, uh, if you subscribe, you get you get uh, an email in your inbox every night at seven o'clock or you know Eastern or so, and uh, you know then read it at your leisure, delete it, whatever you want to do, and then um, if you don't want the newsletter, then you can follow me on on Twitter, on um, on Threads, or um, on the Substack app, and those are also just you know search for football archaeology, and you'll find me. Uh, that's my name on each of those three apps. Okay. 
And uh, his name is Timothy P. Brown, not the name on the Substack apps, but uh, yeah. and, but he is footballarchaeology.com. And Tim, we thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you again next Tuesday. I always appreciate the opportunity to talk football. Thanks, there. Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee, and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.